I'm the doctor. I'm a time time. I'm from the planet Gallifrey, the constellation of Hesterbrush. Now I see a rise, a rise. Time and relative dimension in space. It means life. Greetings, humans, Daleks, Time Lords, and Absorbaloffs. You are listening to Exterminating Doctor Who on Utter Radio. This is the show to take on popular episodes of Doctor Who and debate whether they're really all that bad. With your hosts, Aidan Gula. And me, George Ellis. And in today's episode, we are talking about Series 2's Love and Monsters. Where better to start? And with a Doctor Who podcast talking about crap episodes that might actually be quite good than with what is usually at number one on every single these are the worst Doctor episodes of all time. Of course, it is the monstrosity that is Love and Monsters. Yeah, um, I went into this episode thinking, oh, maybe it, maybe, it, maybe it won't be as bad as everyone says, because I remember it quite fondly. Yes. And my God. You not did not good. have a good time with no, it yesterday, did you? <laughs> it was not what I'd call a fun time. No, I mean, we will. The structure of this podcast will be very much somebody on team, it is bad, and somebody on team, actually, it's quite good. So I will be taking the, let's say, devil's advocate position today. But I can, every single criticism I've looked at in my little bit of research, yeah, I did research for this, everything that I've looked at, I see a criticism and I go, yeah, that's valid. There's nothing I'd say. Actually, well, no, I disagree yeah. with that. I've just thought of rebuttals for it. Yes. But it doesn't mean I... Oh, it's hard to play devil's advocate for this episode, <laughs> no matter I mean, there are do. things about it that I do genuinely think are quite good. Yeah, but most of it... But no, a lot of it, I just think, Russell, no. I, I, no. Uh, I, I can... I, I've, I have a feeling I know why this one isn't as good. Yes. So, before we begin that, yeah. let's just say this is episode one of exterminating doctor who Hopefully on auto radio episodes. yeah we'll keep going forever even we'll never we, stop even when we've left university we'll still be going they'll have to chuck us out the studios but no this is episode one the good guys at auto radio picked this podcast up it was something i intended on doing on my own but they said no we'll put that out for you so i'm very very thankful for that and we get to use these great studios so let's go what Let's introduce ourselves a little bit. Okay. I'll take, let you take over here, so I'm not just rambling That's to myself. Fair but enough, right. Let's say, how did you get into Doctor Who? I mean, technically, we've actually already recorded a pilot episode where we had this exact conversation. Well, that'll be, that'll be released at a much later that'll time. That'll be a little bonus something yes, for people over that'll the Christmas come, holidays. Yeah, over the Christmas holidays, I think you'll get that one. Well, basically. But yes, okay. how did you get into Doctor Who? Who's your favourite Doctor? Etc. Okay. Well, uh... Quickly, I'll just say, well, I'm, I'm George, you know, I've said my name, but originally... Hello, George. The idea of this wasn't going to have a co-host, but we thought, well, why not, instead of trying to find a guest every time, to give it a bit more of a soul, have someone co-hosting. So here yes. I am. Plus, we've had quite a few conversations about Doctor Who recently, and we managed about a four-hour video call about Star Wars. Yes. So I think we can... I think we, we can, can carry something yes. for this, an hour. <laughs> for an hour, an hour slot. We can go. Easy. Right, so... Uh, how did I get into Doctor Who? Well, when I was younger, um, I used to just watch it on TV after, on like Saturdays. I started really with David 
end of kind of Christopher Eccleston's era, kind of David Tennant's era. Yeah. Was where I really got into it and really started watching Doctor Who. Um, my and probably goes without saying, my favorite Doctor because of that is um, Peter Patton. No, I'm kidding. It's <laughs> David Tennant. No, he was Sebastian McCoy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, David Tennant is the best Doctor by far. And my kind of history with Doctor Who is gone into it with David. We w- went back in that time and watched um, Christopher Eccleston's era. Kind of fell off out of love with it in Matt Smith's era, and then kind of. Come back and dabble in an episode every, every so now often. and then. You just yeah. think, oh, I'll just watch it now. But... Exactly. If it's just on TV and I've got nothing to do, I'll put yeah. it on. Because it kind of reminds me of... When you're waiting for Strictly. You'll <laughs> put, you'll I don't put... watch Strictly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Right, Whatever I, you say. Doctor, no matter... No, it could be any year of Doctor Who. It goes... I'll watch it instead of Strictly. <laughs> no. And then I kind of... just I wouldn't really say fell out of favor, but just kind of didn't really go back to it much so often yeah. after but that. But I think that's a really nice perspective to have on here because... Yeah. I mean, I am the super fan on yes. this podcast, but it's quite nice to have somebody who does have a grounded knowledge in Doctor Who. You did grow up with it. Oh, yeah. It's not like you just go, what's that blue thing that flies through space? You don't know what That's it is. That's the Fardis, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that yeah. green box. It sometimes flies. <laughs> it goes underwater sometimes, yes, doesn't yes. it? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think Thunderbird 4 pilots it sometimes. <laughs> oh, no, okay, no Thunderbirds. <laughs> it's like, right, you know Thunderbirds, me know Batman, okay? That's what we're going to do. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I think it's a nice perspective to have because I will have lots of deep, obscure knowledge. Yes, and the best I thing mean, about this podcast is it means I can go... It, this makes me go back and watch yeah, it. Yeah, and it's quite the nice. worst episode. Yeah, it's quite nice to have... <laughs> it makes me go back and, and watch And some stuff, stuff that maybe you've not even seen before that yes. if we pick up. It's quite nice to have a fresh perspective because mm. I'll be... I know what people have been saying about them I'll for have years. No nostalgia filter. And you'll it's have good. nothing. You just put it on and go, okay, I'm going to look at this objectively. And to be fair, when I re-watch episodes of Doctor Who out of choice... It's usually the ones I like. Yes, I would Not imagine. Not Love yeah. and Monsters. You're going to be like, oh, I really fancy Love and Monsters today. <laughs> if anyone out there fancies watching Love and Monsters, I really say, I advise you don't. Don't do it. Don't do well, that to yourself. Well, if for people for the love of that God, are listening, well, for people that are listening to this and we get to exterminate misconceptions, did you see what I did there? Um, for anyone that's like, okay, so what are the crap episodes of Doctor Who? I'm quite curious to know what do these people think of them. I think it's quite nice if anybody does want to go away and make your own judgment. Yeah, why not? Just saying, there are better episodes to watch than the ones we will discuss. (laughs) Yes. But we get to discuss them because there's a lot of negativity in the Doctor Who fandom. Yes. There's a lot of of trolls, a lot of absorber lots. I'll get on to that little point soon. Maybe the negativity around Doctor Who pushes a lot of old school fans away. Maybe. Maybe. But there's a lot of negativity. Neg- Spit it. Put your teeth in, man. There's a lot of negativity out there. So I thought it's a good podcast to do about Doctor Who. There's plenty of Doctor Who podcasts. But I thought, what could what could I do? And I thought, let's raise positivity. Yeah. Let's so get some. Turn that negativity into positivity. Yes. Turn that frown upside, upside down. down. So we get to We've talk to about some episodes that people. <laughs> oh, that is not getting. That's not cut. staying in. <laughs> the I get to decide in the edit. That's um, So yeah. And we're here to raise positivity and take some episodes that people say, ugh, that one, and say, actually, is it quite good? Yes. And we, we can. And the good thing about us liking different Doctors is we kind of have a different grounding on what the best Doctor is. Yes. Oh, well, that leads smoothly. Look at that little segue you did there. Thank you very much. That leads us smoothly onto me saying, hello, my name is Aidan Gula, and my favourite Doctor is Peter Capaldi. Wow. 
I mean, I was about to say it's controversial. It's not really. I see a lot of people say it's, that. It's not like you said... Um, if I said, my favourite Doctor is Colin I, Baker, and people would go, oh my <laughs> God, who are you? But Peter Capaldi, there's a lot of people who say he's he is their favourite. The problem with the Peter Capaldi era is Moffat fatigue. That's all I'm going to yeah. say, is he just finished the Matt Smith era, which was a bit bumpy, but... That's, yeah. I, I, but, I noticed that when I come back to, like... Matt, when I kind of came back and dabbled in Matt Smith's later era, I did enjoy it a lot more than the start of his era. Really? Yeah. Because I like that he actually wore I think, better clothes. <laughs> well, kidding. I think his doctor completely lost it by the end, but really? we'll discuss that in a Matt Smith yeah, well, themed episode. To be fair, my knowledge of that Matt Smith era is patchy at best. His last two episodes pulled it back, but before that, uh, uh, let's not get into that one right now. But yeah, I think Moffat, he did, he tried. Series 5, Matt Smith series, is absolutely amazing. The 50th special is absolutely amazing. And then even Peter Capaldi's first series, there's some nice ideas there. But the next series, oh, oh, I think he struggled with series 9. I, which one's series 9? <laughs> well, when we were planning future episodes the other day, there was an episode we discussed that is from series 9. The, yeah, I think I know yes. which one you're talking about. So... Yeah, that I love I love you, Capaldi, but those episodes, not great. But yeah, that's my favorite yeah, Doctor. Yeah, and I yeah, I'd say his acting can kind of pull back a lot of those episodes. Honestly, that's know? on so many episodes. That... And it really requires an episode to have the Doctor in it. It'd be and imagine having an episode of Doctor Who without the oh wait, that's Love and Monsters. Yes, I mean, just before we get to Love and Monsters, mm -hmm, I can say that. Exactly the same as George. I grew up with Doctor Who. The earliest episode I remember watching live on TV is Father's Day. I remember. I mean, it's cliched, but like, I don't think you could actually hide behind my sofa because I think it was against a wall. But as close as I could get to hiding behind the sofa, I was when those bloody reapers come out of the sky and attack that church. I was terrified. But that is one of my favourite episodes to this day because I think it's a great episode plus nostalgia, baby. So, <laughs> never saying that Put again. that baby back. Um, Let go of the baby. But yeah, I've watched it religiously ever since. There's a couple of episodes I missed, probably because I was out doing something. But if, I did, when if, I was watching <laughs> Doctor Who, I didn't miss any episodes because I didn't have. But if I can help do. it, I don't miss it. So yeah, that is us. That is your co-hosts. Yeah. Well, co yes. If you've missed anything, feel free to write in in our PO. We don't have a don't just tell tel telepathically. Think of the questions and we'll answer it. You put a finger on either side of your head and you say connect. That is an obscure reference to something from Doctor Who from the 70s. I didn't, I, like, well, that'll, that'll be for some fans <laughs> out there who are as strange as Aiden. Well, they brought it back in Jodie Whittaker's last series, to be ah, fair. I but haven't seen that. John Pertwee and the Master used to just go, connect, and there'd be some funky effect. Power. No, it wasn't the Master. Oh, people are going to have a go at me for that. It was the Doctor with the other Doctors in the three Doctors. They, they went, connect! And then they all had, like, the shared memories Perfect. with each other. That's the yeah. best thing about being the one in this podcast who doesn't know quite as much about Doctor Who. If I make a mistake, not my fault. Yeah, I make a mistake, and I'm just going to have Kill to go him. commit harakari. Harakari, how do you say it? Outside. Don't, it, well, there's a... Don't, no, okay, let's not get into Harukari. <laughs> well, there are loads of different names for it, but... Anyway. So, that is us. We will be here every Sunday, I think. Yes. Depending on the starting on, the, on today, the twenty second. Yes, definitely that today. 
when we're recording this. Yes. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So every Sunday, depending on Utter Radio's schedule, five till six, we will we will be live ish. Yes. <laughs> You'll be hearing us live. Yes. So but, we are live for you. Yes. Not for us. But we will be discussing a new episode every week for the foreseeable future. Yeah, that's us. So with that out of the way, Love of Monsters. What the hell was that episode? I mean, where do you start, really? Well, I know where to start. Let's first start with Peter Kay. I love Peter Kay, but why is he in Doctor Who? Star value. The thing is, they didn't utilise the star. He was just playing a character who could have been filled by a better role. Mm. By a better actor, I mean. I mean, I do find it quite funny. As much as I love Peter Kay and Doctor Who. Oh, Peter Kay's great. I do find it hilarious that Peter Kay says his biggest career regret ever is Doctor Who. <laughs> I don't think his biggest career regret would be Doctor Who it, per se. I think it's just the fact that his episode of Doctor Who was this one. Yes. I mean, it's saying something considering... Do you remember when he did the sha la 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 That's not a career mistake. No, that's... but probably the clip where he's marching next to Jimmy Savile. That might be. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's more of a career regret than being the Absorbaloff. But that proves <laughs> that proves how strongly he thinks of the Absorbaloff that marching next to Jimmy Savile was better than it. Well, uh, um, let's gloss over that one, shall we? <laughs> no. Uh, the abs- and the name. Uh, right. Let's do this in stages, shall we? I'm tangled up in my okay, wires. Well, Bear with. Well, right. I like we have gone straight in with the absorber off in the room, <laughs> which is <laughs> the monster of the episode. Right. So this is a good place to begin because yes. how can you not just? And it's, you can't build up to the absorber off. I know, and you? it's good job we had that that really strong protagonist. The doc. Wait, no. The doctor wasn't in this episode, was he? Well, we'll get on to that. That's yeah. for, that's for production Ooh. reasons, but we'll get on to that. No, the Absorbaloff. First off, the character came up, the humans of the episode come up with the name Absorbaloff for the Absorbaloff himself, which I mean, ah, the, ah, the, what, Absorbaloff, Absorbaling, Absorber, Absorberwooby, Woo, ah, it's, uh, Slitheen, great name, Daleks, great name, Absorbaloff, well, where's the potency there? Bear in mind that it was created by a nine-year-old child. Did they not have a, a writer on board? They well, did they not pay anyone, Aiden? They there just, was a blue piece. Sla- <laughs> they're, they're hiring children, guys. You heard it here first. Doctor Who hires children, act, slaves to slaves. I don't know what they're doing. We need to stop this. <laughs> there was okay. a Blue Peter competition. 2006, I think. Oh, now I feel bad. What have you, look what you've done to me. <laughs> William Grantham will be very upset. I'm sorry, William. My God, it's bad. I know, actually, the name <laughs> of the child. Um... No, I did research this morning. It's it's all right. Um, yes. So Blue Peter did a competition in 2006 called Design Your Own Monster. And they were contractually obligated that whatever won would be in Doctor Who. So the winner of that competition was William Grantham with his creation, the Absorbaloff, originally conceived as a bit 20 foot Godzilla type monster. That's cool. Like that's in his, draw- in his drawing, you can't see that because he didn't put it's 20 feet tall. Oh. But years later, he's actually got a YouTube channel that talks about Doctor Who. Right, are we going to plug in? I won't say the name so we don't plug it so you stay here and listen to us. But no, I listened, I watched this channel for ages. And then it wasn't until like two years later 
they went, I was the person who designed the absorber loft. I was like, no way. Well, I've been listening to you this entire time. But he was talking about how in his original concept, like he thought it would be this massive monster. He's like, I never anticipated Peter Kay playing him and all this sort of thing. And I found it quite funny that so they just see that sheet of paper and just went, okay, we'll make him normal size, put him in a fat suit. And... Like Planet Eater big? Because well, that's I quite think, clever. I think he meant like Godzilla big. Yeah, so like city kind of absorber. Yeah. Because that's basically, um, oh, oh, I'm going to be, ki- I'm going to kill myself. I can't think of this. Bear- uh, trans- I'm thinking Transformers. <laughs> Transformers. Uh, it's not Galvatron because Galvatron's the trans. Uh, Planet Eater. Unicron. There you go. So Unicron, basically. So, I don't know what any of that I meant. Just, it doesn't matter. <laughs> to anyone out there who gets that, you'll probably realize I'm a little bit off. But to Aiden, I'm perfect. Yeah, that's Bang absolutely on. perfect. Yes. Well, I did the connect reference wrong, so it's all right. You can talk about unicorns or whatever Fair the hell right. that no, was. But, right, so a large giant. That's already that's better. I mean, it's, it's still own... not great, though. Well, yeah. I mean, there's like, there's an ep- do you remember the episode of The Simpsons? Have you seen it where Homer gets really big and he just starts eating everything? I remember that from The Simpsons game where you just became a big sludge monster. Yeah, I suppose it's like our Mickey take of the blob, essentially. But yeah. that's what that makes me think of. So maybe, I don't know. Is it better to have Peter K running around? I don't know. I just, why is Peter K involved in this anyway? Star value. But... <laughs> it's got Moaning Myrtle or whatever her name is from Harry oh. Potter in it. And it's got the Geordie fella from Alan Partridge. So there's a lot of people who were very popular at the time just thrown into that episode. The, uh, they've got to have chemistry and there's got to be a story behind that. Because otherwise it just... Right, how, f- how far can I go? Are we doing sections or can I just go? Go for it. Okay, right. First off, we follow... Okay, the, let's start off with elements I did like. The bits with the where you're just watching him talking to the camera... Yes. To the computer. Those are quite good, actually. His acting's on point there. I quite like it. They're Mark, nice. Mark somebody or other. I can never remember his surname. I'm not going to even try. This <laughs> is David Tennant. Uh, <laughs> no, but they're, um, those bits are quite good. I like them. The way they allow us to kind of see maybe just a human perspective on all the alien stuff. But the problem is, any other scene is a bit... Yeah. They're all a bit... Yeah. Even Peter yeah. Kay. <laughs> It's like I'm watching Peter K play a... It, I, I, you're just seeing the actors, no matter what scene they're in. That's the problem with Star Value. With David, every time I see him, I'm seeing the Doctor. Because it's, a, it's an entirely different... He's playing the Doctor. He's not playing David playing the Doctor. And the problem with, all, the problem with having no David, Doctor, in this episode, or any episode for that matter, you've got to be invested in these new characters. And if those characters aren't really well developed or they're just a bit meh then I, I, I you, that episode's already lost itself yeah oh, and, and I wonder if that's to do with actually the reason why David Tennant's not in it why is he in it which is maybe they chucked a load of star value into it because they were like well the Doctor isn't in this one and maybe the actors are all a bit meh because the episode was very very rushed felt because it. Series 1 happened, 2005, and then BBC went, yep, series, series 2, go. And they went, oh, okay. And then had a like, lot less time to do it than they thought they would. So it got well, to... you sprung this on me. What am I going to do? <laughs> it got to a point of the production where they had to make two episodes at the same time. They had no choice. They literally had to make two episodes at the same time. Just cut an episode. So they went, David and... David and... What the hell Billy. is this? Billy. David and Billy, you go off there, and we're going to just go over here, and we're going to make another episode. What episode were they filming? I'm not sure. I have got a bit of fear. 
best. I wonder if it'd be, I don't know, it might be earlier in the block. I don't know. I don't know the particular episode that they were making at the same time, but they, they needed them elsewhere. Right. And then they were like, we need another episode. Let's hurry this through. Same reason why there are other so-called Dr. Light episodes later on. The thing in, about Dr. Light episodes run. is I, I, I can kind of like a lot of them. I can. But they've usually got characters involved who are compelling. These ones weren't. Just don't do it for you. No. I think the concept around Elton is more interesting than Elton. Exactly. The idea of a guy who met the Doctor as a kid and then meet just that enti- the entire premise of that get rid of the absorber off that's an episode yes because that was here we are getting into my rebuttals now let's get my notes ready but i think it's like it's interesting to see the impact that the doctor has on ordinary human exactly. lives because you see an episode the whole city is in chaos explosions everywhere aliens running the street and he goes right okay <laughs> next episode we're off somewhere else and you sort of i i do sometimes wonder wonder what people make of that i do genuinely think that probably screams in the same way that, I mean, go, let's go back to the 60s here, but like uh, the first two companions, not counting the Doctor's granddaughter, but are Ian and Barbara, they begin their travels with the Doctor in 1963. They then travel off two years, come back in 1965 and just return to London like it's nothing. And I, I always think, didn't somebody notice they were missing for two years? Well, did they go back after those two years or did they go back and join as if they hadn't gone anywhere? Well, they just, they left in 1963, then came back in 1965, and they just went, just went way back. Well, back then, did they just, that's probably what happened. Right, <laughs> I'm, always... I'm going away for a couple of years, you'll never hear from me. I might write a letter, but like, I'll be back. Like, they were teachers at a school, the students would surely just get to a class and just go, where's Mr. Chesterton today? Well, like, knowing, <laughs> well, if, if, to be fair, if when we were students, were you the kind of student to go like, let's go tell someone that our teacher's missing, or would you just enjoy the fact there's no teacher? Yeah, no, I, yeah. Was, I was like, hope that I didn't. I never said the. Cannon. I never said the. We can leave after fifteen minutes. I never said that nonsense. <laughs> but yeah, um, everyone tried. Though. But I think it's nice to have that concept of like, okay, when the doctor comes into this person's life at this point, and then they leave, what happens in the meantime? Mm. And I think it's quite nice to see. Even Jack Abel will get onto that soon. Oh, I think. It's, I think it's quite nice to see somebody get obsessed with the doctor in a way. Like, we had a very similar plot earlier in the series with the Sarah Jane episode, School Reunion. Do you remember yes. that one when she comes back? Oh, do I remember School Reunion, one of my favourite episodes? <laughs> yes, I do, Aiden. Well, just throwing that out there in case you K-9. went... K-9? In case yeah. you went... In case you just went, damn, I've not seen that in years. Can't Big remember what happened. creature things which have evolved and all that kind of cool. What are they called? Ah! Um... Cree? Cree? No, krill. not Cree. That's Krill... Krill... Krillitane. No, no, what we're going to do is... <laughs> Just okay. Tell me the name. Krillatane. Okay, three. Krillatane. Well, well done, George. Smooth. Just yeah. <laughs> but no, the, the difference between that episode is that Sarah Jane traveled travel with the Good Doctor, actor. met the Doctor, left the Doctor, and wanted her life to be like that again. And she, you have the Sarah Jane adventure. She well, that came afterwards, but we'll yeah. get on to that. She wanted to still have that travel in her life, hence why she got the spin-off Canine and Company. Um, but she wanted to have an adventurous life and she wanted to follow on with what she'd learned from the Doctor. Elton, in that case, met the Doctor, wondered who he was and just went, yeah, just carry on my life. Listen, if it was just a man standing in the living room, that's quite creepy. But as soon as the end of the episode goes like, your mum died and I'm... 
Oh, that whole scene. Right. Did you not think that sort of makes sense why he's repressed that memory, though? Kind of. But also, why was the doctor just standing there and be like, hey, kid, your mum's dead in the corner. I'm just going to stand here. And look out the window. There's no, like... <laughs> right. I've seen the doctor in quite a few episodes. He doesn't seem like the kind of person to just let the kid stare at his mum's corpse and just be like, this is fine. I feel like that's very capowdy, that is. Yes, that's not David, I, though. <laughs> I remember when we watched... I watched Series 8 with my dad. I remember he just... It's, the quote has stuck with me ever since. And he just went... This doctor's very happy to see people die, isn't he? And I remember that quote, and I can never forget it. But yeah, David Tennant just sort of just stands there, it's, it's dead mum in the corner, and just goes, one right. of the most compassionate doctors kind of isn't caring yeah, I mean, about maybe, his kids. Maybe and... just as that shot ends, he actually goes, oh, don't turn around, your mum's dead. But, <laughs> but we, <laughs> we don't we, see that. No, we clearly see, It's just... I mean, that's fair enough repressing it. But come on, David, you could have made that so he's not repressing the memory. Yeah. Or, or don't forget about this kid who you've just shown up and... Yeah, no, I think that's awkward. No, it? okay. What would the doctor do? Would he come back a couple of years later to explain it? If, like, we're talking David's doctor. Or would he just hope... Or would he just, or would he just do nothing in, the, in this case? The only chance, the only reason they met, met up again isn't because of any idea of him going back to console the kid on the fact that his mum was killed by these aliens which i forget the name of and it wasn't the vashna Narada, which it should have been no i couldn't tell you i'll stump me there i actually don't know the alien that killed his yeah. it, it's just darkness killed his mum. which was i was like oh please mention vashna Narada, because that would have been a cool little reference but no it's just another shadow alien and he doesn't come back there's no he does he just comes back at a pure coincidence because i mean i actually quite like that the ending essentially just jumping around in the episode here but Good. i do quite like the ending that um the doctor and rose only show up to tell elton off i for... don't i hate that though no i quite like saving it him. i quite like it that they literally just turn up and then rose is like no one's rude to my mom but they're his, like his and then the doctor and then the doctor essentially just goes oh there's an alien there but like they, i feel like they didn't actually know it was there and i find that quite funny it's it's funny yeah oh, that's the core crux with this episode it's trying to be funny it's trying to be funny yes. in places where it shouldn't i've heard that that is the most doing my little bit of research that is the most common criticism doing my I've heard. little research and the fact that i just watched the episode again yes it's just there are okay there are moments where it's funny there are but that's not, very not, not very, the paving slab joke but let's not go there the pit right the painter i made that when i first watched the episode i texted Aiden and i made that joke the moment i saw the paving slab and, and then, then I, and then the I joke... said, oh, no, I hate that bit. Yeah. And then the moment in the episode, the joke happened before I after I said that joke and I was like, oh, no, that's not right. That's yeah. that's not a that's not a Doctor Who. No. That's just pure Russell T. Davis at that point. Yeah. It's... That feels like something from Queer as Folk. It really yes. does. It's it was it's trying to be funny in places where it doesn't even need to be. Fun. Oh, OK. Pure example of a terrible joke. Do you know at the start where they're running around and all the doors and it's that classic? The Scooby-Doo chase, as yeah. people call it. What the... F this is my French... F was that? <laughs> it, yeah. First, it, uh, from a filmmaking standpoint, it looked janky as hell. From a actual fit, like TV... From the world of the, the um, universe, Doctor Universe standpoint. What? That was the point. It wasn't funny. I mean, Doctor Who does appeal to kids, but come on, how old are these kids that are watching? Two? I mean, we were five when it was on. Yeah, all right. But <laughs> I didn't find that bit fun. And the, oh, that monster at the start, way better design than the Absorber Loft. 
Although it goes unnamed in the episode. The only reason we know the name is because they did an action figure of it. That's uh, our what's point. Hoiks. Try <laughs> 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 that one. Hoiks. Never mind. Absorb loss better. That's. The whole episode is just trying to be funny. And the thing is, yeah, Doctor Who can be funny. You need. Okay. For. For humour to land, you need good script for it to be a good joke in the first place. And then you need good delivery, and that requires a good actor. These actors aren't really known for their comedy. Peter Kay, maybe. And there was probably, like, one joke in it, which he does, which is mildly funny, and even that is probably even not a joke. Well, not the fart joke. That's way... Not that's, that one. That's, no, no, no. no. <laughs> that I, one's awful. I can't remember what it was, but it was, the like, the only good one. Like, the... um, I can't remember what. That's the how... bit that makes me laugh that he says is when he says, don't touch me, I've got eczema. That's the one. And then they go, don't you mean eczema? And he's like, no, eczema. It's <laughs> I like worse. that bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just kind of playing it off. That was more, though, I wouldn't say that's the script, maybe. It's more just his ability to play that off. Yeah. It's it's just, uh, there are elements of Doctor Who where it can be funny. Like you see um, David, right, David and Donna with the big B. Do you remember? Yes. The big wasp thing. The, um, oh, Vespiform, that's what it's actually that's called. That's the one. Do you know where he's looking for? Was it the salt he's looking for? I need salt. Yes. That entire scene, that's amazing. Hilarious. But why is it funny? Because the script, it's quite, it's good. All, personally, I find all Doctor Who scripts to be good. But, well, well most of them. <laughs> but, I mean, David Tennant's era. But the, but the thing is about that, it needs good delivery. And David and Donna, their rapport... Work perfectly. Why did I say Donna? David and Catherine. <laughs> I did think that. I thought well, David Sorry. and Donna. I just... Uh, no. It's like earlier, I said John Pertwee and the Master. Yes. I thought, John Pertwee's real, but the Master's not. <laughs> well, no, to me, David is the Doctor. But no, no, their rapport is bang on. The chemistry is top-notch. It's, and it's worth every penny, you know? Yeah. So there... And what's those two really funny lines from that bit? The bit when he goes, I need salt. Then she gets salt. And he goes, no, too salty. That's it. And she's like, oh, salt, oh, too salty. Yes. And the other one, she's, he's like shaking his hands around doing something. And she goes, Harvey Wallbanger. And he goes, <laughs> Harvey Wallbanger. <laughs> Class. Love it. See, that's how you do humor in Doctor Who. That's how you do humor in anything. But in this episode, we're relying humor on the character, which is Absorbaloff and Peter Kay given very little jokes and with no one to kind of play those off because he's not yeah. just telling stand-up where you tell a story and you've got the setup the punchline all that it's just well maybe humor. maybe they should have really banked on star value and got the absorbaloff just to go garlic bread oh, oh what they could have done <laughs> is they could have had the absorbaloff be a stand-up comedian just half of the episode is just a peter gay show just absorbs the audience that's what he does <laughs> would, have been, would have been better would have actually been a better team would have been a, blah, blah. Would have been a well, one second would have been a better episode. It would have been, yeah. Uh, but no, the... Um, so, he, and then, so you got this whole subplot in it. The Jackie Tyler thing. Oh, we're going on to Jackie now. Because I actually think this is the best part of the episode. Okay. I think we should maybe leave David's kind of the ending to the end, you know? Okay, sure. Because that's where I can actually just before our, Just before our how would we make this better section. Yes. So, yeah. But I think actually Jackie's part is the strongest part of the episode. Because it comes back to that, what? how does the Doctor affect people's lives when he's not there? It expands the universe. And I think, oh, that's also another point. Universe deepening is a separate point oh. I have. Um, but I think it's quite interesting to see that, well, what does Jackie do when her daughter's off travelling the world, travelling the universe? What does she do? She's lonely. She just washes her clothes in a laundrette. She just carries on as normal. But she's deeply lonely. And I find that quite interesting and Ooh. compelling 
that story it adds character to Jackie's character and yeah. to I completely forget the protagonist's name his character Elton Elton John uh, they made that joke like four times oh you on. don't meet many Eltons I'm just once do it says. once do it do it, one joke Elton ugh. right that it adds elements to Jackie and Elton but it's okay where's the alien but this I episode think... feels like it was written and then they put the alien in at the end because all the good bits I can say about this episode are without the absorbable off in it. Yes. Yes. But I think this is a real cha- turning point in Jackie's character. Because when we first meet Jackie, she's very... I mean, what's the, like one of the first lines she has? It's when uh, Ninth Doctor walks into a bedroom. She goes, oh, strange man in my bedroom. Anything could happen. And the Doctor just goes, no. And then walks away. That's like the first time we see her. Later on than that, she's always talking about, oh, I was talking to this guy, I was talking to this guy, I was talking to this guy. And you think, when you actually see her life without Rose and all these people she's gossiping about all the time, they're not really there. She's always like, oh, such and such said this, and then I saw this person down the market. But actually, she's deeply lonely. Yeah. And then she needs Elton posing as a handyman to come in and actually she has somebody to talk to. Yeah. But then... Jackie's character changes quite significantly because if you look at Jackie in series one and two, that is not the Jackie that returns in series four. By that point, Jackie's wielding a gun and fighting the universe. She's fighting, she's hunting Daleks at that point. Jackie is not the same character. And I think this is where she changes because it's very much you see her looking very lonely and very just sort of, I'm just waiting for Rose to come back. I'm just waiting for Rose to come back. But then when she sees the picture of Rose, in Elton's wallet, which is so creepy. Why, yeah, well, Why would you keep that on you, Elton? I know. <laughs> but then, then she just, and then she confronts him outside as he brings back the pizza. And I think she says something like, I will never let her down. I will protect both of them, or says something like that. And I think that is where the Jackie, the new Jackie comes in, yes. right at that moment. And I think, of all characters to give an episode of character development to, I didn't think it'd be Jackie. No, it's good though. But I think they that's didn't give the absolute episode highlight of they the episode. They gave a small section of it. And had... Yeah, <sighs> it's not called Jackie's episode because be. that'd be too on the nose. But <laughs> but it also, like you said um, about universe deepening, that is a separate point that I hadn't connected to Jackie. But you get to do character development, but you also the whole universe view was deeper in this episode. I think yes, because something that is only really present in this era of Doctor Who, the Russell T Davis run. They're trying to do it in the current Chibnall run, but it's not working as well. Maybe some of Matt Smith's do. But this really feels like one complete story yes. across the Russell Davis era. That's one thing, if I could say anything about Doctor Who, which I think needs to be... It needs to be there. Because otherwise, the whole idea of an episodic format where it's different adventure each time is great and all. But there needs to be character development. And there needs to be connections to every single... I really think the latest era of Doctor Who, any of them, need to find a way to link back to any older ones. Just small references. Well, they try that, but it just ends up being too... Oh, what are you doing that for? No, but it does. It works. And when it works, it works. When it works, it works. Right, okay. Peter Capaldi. When he looks into the barrel and he sees the Pompeii episode. Yes. That made me cry. Because mainly because I saw David Tennant. But (laughs) that in doing that, expands the character so you see him as the doctor and not has this next person playing the doctor that's what i if i were to say a blanket statement on all doctor who that's one of the most important elements making it feel like it's a character but yeah that that callback works better than oh my god what is the episode called kablam 
um, kablam. A, a kablam, yeah. A Gosh. 13th Doctor episode. And there's just like random bits where she just go, Ooh, did I ever tell you about the time I fought a big wasp? It's like, I didn't need that right there. That's not how you should and do that. And that that's just, that's just them like going, hey guys, do you remember the David Tennant era? He's like, yes, move on. <laughs> uh, go back, please. <laughs> no, uh, that's, it. as with anything, it's got to be done right. Yeah, but the way that this does it, and actually there's a few other episodes across this era that does it turn left being a good, good example, where they Which show one? you. Left a, or right? Left. Right. Where they where they show you a past event that we've seen from an old episode and then go, but here's somebody else's perspective of it. So we've seen the Sycorax ship fly over London, but then you see it again from somebody just in their bed. And I love that. And even the bit when he's just walking down the street and then the Autons just appear. And it's like, what? It's like this episode, when it works, it feels like this is what it would feel like to live in the Doctor Who universe. Yes. It, it, another thing... The thing about those kind of flashbacks, they work most of the time. But in this episode, because as you said, they were doing two episodes at the same time, felt cheap. It felt the no, only I one think that I the like only one it. that worked shot wise, like kind of scene wise. Well, the only one, the main one that didn't work. Do you know where the ship crashed into Big Ben? When we yes. saw it from their perspective, thought like it was, it was Elton and like four other people. It felt like they were just Elton and four other people. The other sh- scenes worked because they just mixed the shots together and you could kind of do that but with that one it just felt like okay i can understand that but i like but i think it's nice to feel like oh yeah this is the effect on it was the the, i'm nitpicking on this on these on this bit yeah but this is this whole idea and the way it was done in the episode is the strongest elements of it yeah and speaking of strongest elements david tennant Oh, yes. Here we go. Who doesn't love David Tennant? And if you don't, stop listening to the podcast. And, and, unless you give him... No, keep listening. But, <laughs> bless you. Thank you. The, when David and Billy show up at the end, although I'm not a huge fan of their reasoning for it, because it, I would rather he actually comes back to save Elton, because otherwise Elton would be dead, and it shows the Doctor just forgets about someone's mind. Actually, just, just to interrupt you for a moment, but I actually thought about this the other day, and I thought, right, well, I said the other day, I thought about this earlier, but I, th- I was thinking about the effect that it has on the universe. And I thought, right, okay, so people, anybody that knows Elton or anybody else in Linda, all of Linda go missing except Elton. Then I thought, I wonder if there was like a, if you did, a, if you had to do a sequel to Love of Monsters, do you do him like on suspicion of murder? <laughs> you know, I thought of that earlier, like the way that he's just the one survivor of of Linda. Which everybody be fair, else, no one else missing. seemed to care. No, when not the first, really. When the first um. Ah, oh, was it Bliss? When Bliss first disappeared, they were like, ah, oh, Bliss is gone. What a shame. None <laughs> of them cared. They'd known each other for how long? And yeah, then it... actually, I was watching a video earlier, and they were talking about this, but going, how stupid can you be? Because mm. they were going, every time... We're hunting this alien. What is the absorbable of human name? Victor something, isn't it? Peter. K. Peter v- Victor. Classic. I can't think what it is. It is right now. Victor Whitebeard. Whatever his name is, Big but like I'm a big spudgy. They were like no. this. The video is like saying, "How stupid can you see? How stupid can you be?" Because it's like every time he goes, "Oh, Bliss, can I have a word?" And then she's not there the next time. And then he goes, "Oh, whatever oh, your other names are," Bliss and went. then they're missing again. There's nobody made that connection. And the, right, okay. So, Aiden, you're in this group. You're looking for this alien being, the Doctor. Yes. And then these people are going missing around you. Could it be that there's some sort of bad alien in your midst? I mean, or, they don't actually know the Doctor's an alien, though, do they? They just think he's a mysterious bloke. Even then. 
Well, no, but and what's his face? Elton had literally seen an alien earlier. That when they started going disappearing. That doesn't mean he is, though, does it? Yeah, but you might think, oh, that's suspicious. But yeah, you but might... mm, right. You right. Okay, you see this alien, you, like an alien, alien. Yes. Are you now just going to disregard the fact that this mysterious man is around these aliens a lot? But I probably wouldn't think he's an alien. I'd probably say he's one of the Men in Black. Okay. That's probably what I'd say. Are the Men in right? No matter what, it's suspicious. <laughs> and people are going missing. Come on. You would think it's connected, mm. yes. But you anyway, would. carry on with whatever your point was. Oh, that's th- Ow, you what was rem- that? If you can remember Carry on now. with whatever point you were on Well, about. I couldn't remember what it was because I went off on a it tangent about mur- murderer Elton. Right. So when back to when David and Billy, the Doctor and Rose Tyler. Oh, that was fancy. Thank you very much. The <laughs> show up at the end of the episode. It's good to have them show up because a Doctor Who episode without the Doctor at all is... You it it just doesn't feel like Doctor Who. You need to have him in some way. But in Blink, he's actually in it more. Don't Blink. Is it Blink or Don't Blink? Blink. Blink. Aha, I got it right. In Blink, he's actually in it more than in this episode. But yeah. No, when he shows up, when they show up, it's great. It's amazing. But they don't f- really actually feel like they're characters in a way. Because you don't... They, they kind I of feel I suppose you're not really forced. with them for long enough. They just show up and then David's a bit of a jerk to be honest i know he's being like all smart and clever but he he doesn't really do much other than just tell the people inside them to pull inside the absorb off to pull. it it felt like they were i forgot i forgot that bit if, yeah it felt like they were put in <laughs> billy and david they were just put in the end of the episode because it's called doctor who which is important that they're in the episode but can you not put them in the episode in such a way that they're saving someone not just showing up to have a go at the guy who's just lost everything Mm. I do quite like that bit, to be I, fair. But do you like it? Because what? Right. I just find it funny. Exactly. I have a soft spot for when Doctor Who does funny. It gets me, and it's, it's really bad because there's a Peter Capaldi episode, The Caretaker. Have you ever seen it? I think so. The monster is atrocious. Essentially, on paper, the episode is atrocious. But my God, is it funny? Like this one isn't funny. Absolutely yeah. hysterical that episode. So anytime Doctor Who does funny, I'm like, damn it, you got me again. <laughs> Well, but love and, I've but, been bamboozled. But the You've got the, me. <laughs> so maybe that's why I love the monsters. Just as I'm like, ugh. And then at the final moment, it does something quite funny. I'm like, ugh, damn it. But yeah, it's it would be better to have a I am the Doctor and I'm here to save you rather, yeah. rather than just what you're saying about my mum. Which, okay. But that's very Rose to do that. That's fine. But yeah. then the Doctor's like, yeah, that's fine. I'll let him have a go at this. Ugh. It's, it didn't feel like the Doctor came to save him. If anything, it felt like the Doctor came to show up and remind the people inside the Absorber off that you, you can do something about this. Maybe then... maybe the Tenth Doctor was just on an off day. Maybe he went and saw Elton's mum die on the same day. So the reason he's just like looking out the window, and then later on he's just like, no, but oh, he's not. That's when I, when I started rewatching this episode, I was like, okay, I feel like I know what they're going to do. They're going to have the, the Doctor, David. He's going to be like, it'll be a, a day for him since he last saw Elton. But no, he mentions the fact that, well, you don't remember, like, he mentions the fact that he's seen him again, and then again, like, he didn't straight go to him, because that seems like the whole death of the mother thing was before he even met, before he was back with Companion in the Rose and all that kind of thing, like, on his break, or maybe that happened, it just, I don't know when it was in the timeline, so yeah. it could have been any where Rose was at the time, exactly. where, where was she, where was she? Probably, it's use, nice... probably using the loo upstairs oh, or something. The thing is with a lot of these episodes that, we dis- that we're going to discuss, 
they feel like great ideas sometimes, or sometimes they're terrible ideas, especially if you're talking, but they just don't execute them hmm. or they have too much. And in this episode, the idea of the Doctor and Rose, great, fantastic. They don't show up and really do much. And David saves a slab. Doctor says... Well, actually, I saw could have done inter- more. I'm going to go into two interpretations of this episode now because I was deep in it on the sense of this is the effect that Doctor Who has on a person. However, I've seen some deep interpretations of this episode and I thought, let's talk about these. The first one was that Elton is a liar. What? And I thought, what? And it was saying the only thing we can trust that we see of Elton is when he's talking to camera because the rest is essentially just flashbacks. That's not actually us watching the events. That's Elton recalling the events. And a lot of it was actually like, this theory was saying, maybe a lot of this that he's talking about didn't actually happen, or not in the way he said it anyway. Because this is him explaining what happened. What do you think of that theory? That's a good idea. But I've seen stuff, especially when it comes to Batman and stuff, where they've done the idea with the point of view of children seeing Batman. They see him in very different incarnations. They see him in weird ways. So the fact that with this episode, that's actually not said or stated in any way, that is actually a good idea. It's not the case. It's not true, though. It's not. I don't believe it, but I thought it was an interesting theory that somebody's somebody's got to that conclusion. When you're not using theories to explain why an episode was bad. Yes. They should enhance everything. That's somebody going, hey, but guys, what about if it's actually all false? But it doesn't solve it It's like, no, just accept it. That's not. Because okay. every single element of Doctor you've ever seen, when you're with the Doctor, everything's true. Yes. So when the Doctor shows up, he should be the Doctor you know. Or so s- abnormal and so different to what you usually know, you know for a fact this isn't the right kind of Doctor. Rather than ever so slightly different, so you have to come up with this solution. I, so, as you can tell, Aiden, I so don't like this episode at all. This, we can consider that theory exterminated. I'm sorry, everyone. That's. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> wow. That's what we're here for. Second theory. Now, I say it's a theory. This is actually an interpretation that a lot of people have come to. So rather than just that one stray YouTuber who said that thing, this is something a lot of people have said. It is a meta-narrative there you are. into fandom. Um, can you see that? Because I definitely can. Yes, if you explain it to me. Linda... Mm-hmm. are Whovians. Ah, gotcha. They are a bunch of people who absolutely love Doctor Who. Doctor Who brings these people together and it shows you how positive fandom can be. And how the Doctor when won't every... really care about you in the end and just yeah. show up to have a go at you. Let's just ignore that mm-hmm. bit for a moment. But all these people are, let's say, they're Doctor Who fans. They're in a Doctor Who club. They love talking about Doctor Who. Even gets down to that bit where I think Bliss says something like, the Doctor is just a construct. And she goes on about, doesn't she make some like clay thing? And then she's like, this is what I think the Doctor is. This is what he represents, something like that. And I think it's a nice way to say that is a kind of Doctor Who theory. That is, these are the way people come up with theories, whether they're true or low or tosh. People will come up with their own theories. People will come together. People will make something nice out of it. But then you get those toxic fans who come into a fandom and they go, nope, you're going to do it my way now. And they come, and this in this case they are Victor, whatever his name is. I can't think what it is. Victor Von Doom. I'm gonna Google it. So no, I can't do. There's no signal in this room. <laughs> Doctor Doom. Um, Victor. Freeze. Victor. Victor. Victor somebody. I'm just naming. Victor Creed. Who's that? Characters. That's Sabretooth, isn't Victor, it? I don't know. Listen, right. 
X-Men, you can stick to and that kind of stuff. Yeah, you go on about Batman, Victor I'll Freeze, go on about X-Men. Also known as Mr. Freeze, who's actually an incredibly well-written character. Yeah, we've set him off about Batman now. Well, yeah, I've been set off twice <laughs> now. Um, but yeah, he is the toxic fan. He is literally the internet troll. And a bit of research proved that internet troll was a term at this time, and it did exist. Is it any wonder they've made the absorb block look like a troll? Well, no, because well, he doesn't. Really, he just looks. Mate, right? Okay, okay, okay. I I buy into this. This theory, theory is well developed, and it's actually quite a nice idea. But Russell I'm... T. Davis has said it is something he considered when he wrote it. Okay, good theory. I will say I like it. Yeah, no, I like it. Doesn't fix the episode in any sense. No, it doesn't fix it, but it's a it... nice interpretation. Because that... I'm just, right. Let's do. A, I'm just let's, just let's do a quick recap on the what was the worst bits. What what? Okay, basically, it shouldn't have been tried to be funny when it didn't need to be. Humor's misplaced. Yeah. Yep. Um, the doctor feels um, wrong. What's the word? Inconsistent in yes. the character you've known to love. So that doesn't work for me, and. There's this, oh, there's this like big one element. What is it? Uh, oh, it's the absorber. Yes, yes. That's everything about that. It just doesn't Everything work. about the absorber block is wrong. Oh, and just one last, one last point on which I don't like. The opening feels like a student film that we make. It really does. Yeah, I mean, I find the opening quite fun, but you, yesterday, when you were sending me your deranged snaps about how you hated Love of Monsters and how it was so much worse than you remember it being, Direction was something you threw out. Yes. Come on, let's speak. Speak as a director uh, and tell uh, me what's okay, wrong with it. Right, okay. As a director, so I have two feels... points about this. But go. Okay. First off, it just feels kind of soapy and a bit cheap, and it doesn't feel like I'm watching anything quite nice. Especially, it's the one of my main points about whenever I direct something. It's I feel like if you notice the camera and remember that you're watching through a camera. You, you lose elements. Yeah. In every, almost every single shot of this episode, which are outside, the indoor shots mostly kind of are static. But outside, there are shots where the camera's panning, moving. It's never really still. And it just feels... I just remember I'm watching a TV show. I can't get involved in the world because the story's not gripping me. The characters aren't gripping me. So I can see the camera movements. Oh, no. And, and, no, from a director's... Oh, I know from the director's standpoint, again, from more kind of the theatre side... I'm so, I'm sorry. You need to the act. Don't pick actors for star value. You pick them for the characters, and please don't have a character be really kind of compelling over a point of view camera sh like um, webcam shot, and then yes. have him kind of lose all elements of protagonist. Something I saw people saying was saying that Linda start off. Every quite... time you say Linda, I'm like, which one's Linda? <laughs> Linda. What actually is it? London Investigation and Detecting Agency, or something like that, Bingo. isn't it? Linda's highlight is when they form the band and you can see them really... Oh, Elton, I'm sorry, man. You can't sing. You know Elton John? <laughs> Don't bring me down. <laughs> um, um, and I'll sing an ELO. That's what they actually sing in the episode. But, you know. Yeah, and I thought I'd keep it Elton John. Okay. Well, people say I'm when when they form that band, that's when they're most you know, connected and actually feels like a real gelling group. People say after that, they become a bit cartoonish. A lot of what people say is people is just being internet folks. That's why I just keep saying people. People say that um, Linda bounced between soap and pantomime. Soap. 
I quite like pantomime, but pantomime has to be funny. So it, it, I really will pick up on the soap part. It's the shots and the acting which feels soapy. I mean, a great part of the Russell T. Davis era is that it is Doctor Who in a soap. The entire run is Doctor Who in or a soap. Or is it Doctor Who in a drama? I think there's a lot. Maybe towards the end it becomes a bit more drama, but I think series one has so many soapy, soaps, soapy moments. I feel like it's the acting which always loses me. And I don't feel compelled with the characters. And that's this episode, not compelled with in any of the characters. Mm. But with David and Billy, and then you've got Catherine, and you, I forget. Oh, what's Martha's actor? What's her name? Freema Ragiman. That's the one. Freeman. Or uh, a Guyman, some people say. I'm not actually sure how you pronounce her, it. Martha Jones, who I really like. They all compel me, and all of those side characters do. And every... I'm, I'm never... I don't... I've never actually thought of it as a soap, because I usually connotate soap with bad acting. And this episode, immediately I'm thinking soap. Yeah. That brings us nicely onto what would you do to fix it? Uh, burn it down in some sort of blaze of hellfire. I th- <laughs> no, right. What I do to fix it, if possible, just get rid of the entire alien premise. <laughs> yes, get rid of the alien premise, like of the of the absorber law. Just get rid of that. Mm-hmm. I know you can't exist in the contract, but if you could get rid of that and just focus on the idea of what. How people deal with the Doctor and what it's like. How he affects the world as just a being. So if somebody interacted with the Doctor personally, how would that affect them? Yeah, like, yeah. like we see Jackie's, how she's affected by people leaving. It's more grounded. It's, the, it's delving into that fandom thing. And we see kind of Elton's, maybe he's, why is he hunting down the Doctor? Is it because he saw him when he was younger? But he just be- became obsessed with them. But No, no, no I'm, I'm, it was more of a talk. I'm just leaning into it. He's chasing them because he's obsessed with them but it's not because he thinks he killed his mum maybe that's something you can delve into he sees his mum dead and this guy just stands there that'd be quite cool he's chasing this doctor because he thinks the doctor killed his mum but he's repressed repressed any idea of it being aliens because you can't blame aliens yeah. for being able to blame a single person it's, it's it's classic um grief you want someone to blame you need an outlet so it's like with Batman, he beats up criminals to yeah, deal with pain, which probably isn't <laughs> the best of ideas. Don't, like, listen, so the episode you, ends with Elton just absolutely wading the, into the just, doctor. No, 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 just <laughs> beating him up. The doctor's like, who the hell are you? He just regenerates there and then. <laughs> <laughs> just like every punch, a new guy. <laughs> no, um, I just think if you get rid of the absorber law, and maybe if you focus more on the idea of how people who just... Not, not, not the, it's not the idea of people without the Doctor and how the Doctor is this being. It's the idea of how people are just affected by him generally. How are his old companions? That kind of thing. I just, I would try and spend more time on this episode and just focus on that element, really. Yeah. How about you, Aiden? See, it's tricky because it I think... It is a tricky one. Because I sort of think I like really, fo- really delving in on how does the Doctor affect... And every man, what is what is it like to live in the Doctor Who universe? The thing is, is where does the Doctor come into it with that? Maybe don't have him in this episode at, at all. all. Maybe, maybe, or maybe just in flashbacks. But I sort of think you sort of need to feel like the day's been saved at the end, and I don't know how you do that. The thing is, with this episode, I didn't feel like the day was saved by the Doctor. I feel like the day was just dealt with. But he just Probably. showed up. Um, right, so how could the Doctor kind of save it? Let me, uh, maybe 
I think maybe if you still had an alien element, just change the alien. Like, yeah. pick another winner. I'm Have sorry. It. I'm sorry, William right. Grantham. Okay. But just pick another winner from idea. the Blue Peter idea. Challenge. So, Elton, mum was killed by these aliens. Maybe the aliens are still around. And the Doctor is back to deal with them. And Elton's been having all these deaths in his family, maybe, quite recently. Quite dark, I know. It is a dark episode, this is. But it's better, because it's, yeah. it's not trying to be funny. But you have it, like, so maybe some family members are dying. His dog's died for some reason. Some oh, weird cold. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Dogs dying is what gets the fans. And then you focus on that alien and expand that idea a bit. So maybe Elton's blaming the doctor for all these deaths. He's like, why is this happening? This only I remember when someone died mysteriously in my life, mysteriously, it was my mum when she was when I was younger and this guy was in the room. What if it's still him chasing him? And then the doctor's at the end is like, dude, chill, chill out. Chill out. Let me deal with this. I can't bring anyone back to life, but I can make sure they stop killing people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just focus on that one element rather than have it be because right now it feels like the whole Linda thing is tacked on along with the absorber off. They're not focusing on either element. So that's the question, because I think you'd, I'd still want Jackie's element to be in there. You could still have him hunting for the Doctor and get to Jackie. How does he get to Jackie without Linda? Because Linda's maybe too light-hearted for this dark interpretation. Depends whether you or not you want to FBI. keep it Because <laughs> if you want to keep the yeah. fandom allegory, then it's still in there, but... If you remove in the absorber after, it doesn't really matter anymore. If I could, I would just get rid of the Linda element and just have it focus on Elton as a yeah. pro- as I and want Elton could to be the protagonist. He could of the just episode. find Jackie in another way. There's no, do you know yeah. what I mean? Well, the fucking sorry. <laughs> the reason he finds Jackie this early on is he just finds the first person. He's like, oh, it's Jackie. It's like, yeah, okay. It it was already really coincidental. He was able to do a lot of stuff. Why not just have keep one of those elements in? Yeah. So, essentially, our fixes for this episode is remove the humour, mm-hmm. remove Linda, mm-hmm. remove the absorber off, mm-hmm. make it darker, mm-hmm. and have Elton essentially in Hunt for the Doctor, not just because he's like, who was that bloke in my house that time? But because he's like, there's something in my family that keeps killing them off, and the only connection to whatever that is, is this man. Yep. And I don't know if we don't respons- have a history of any heart disease, anything like that. Yeah, he might be responsible, or he just knows what it is. And that brings us to the end. Sun is shining in the sky, rain and cloud in the sky. I don't know any more words of this song. Oh, fun fact about um the end of um ah Mr. Blue Sky. It doesn't say. Do you know when it goes like Mr. Blue? It's not Mr. Blue Sky. It's please turn me over. It yeah. does not say Mr. Blue Sky. Common misconception. It says, please turn me over. Boom. Because it's like you're turning over. Okay, your... and there is a great point to there end with go. a fun fact about Jeff Lynn's ELO. Yes. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you for listening. This has been Exterminating Doctor Who on the University of Salford's Auto Radio. I have been Aidan Gula. And I have been George Ellis. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Come guys. back next week when we'll be talking about, I think, Victory of the Daleks next week. Yeah, good choice. We're exterminating Doctor Who, so I feel like we should get a Dalek, Dalek episode yes. out. I think Victory of the Daleks would be a good one. Next week, Sunday at 5 till 6 on Utter Radio. Goodbye. Bye-bye.